Please rise and bow to your spirit for the New Testament reading. Hear the word of the Lord from Acts 4, 32 through 35. Now the whole group of those who believed were one of heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord of Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You can be seated. Well, I know some of you that were trying to watch online last week uh, met with some uh, issues. Uh, we had uh, our own tech issues here at the church, and uh, so we're sorry that those of you that uh, were at home couldn't uh, view our worship last week. Um, it was, a, it was an awesome sermon. You're just going to have to take my word for it. Um, I do want to recap a, a little bit of that because uh, part of that kind of feeds into a little bit of what we're talking about this morning. We read the resurrection story from Mark's account of the gospel, uh, which if you read just Mark... And, and what we know to be original to Mark, it seems incomplete. Uh, at the end of Mark, uh, we are left with uh, the angel announcing to the women that Jesus has risen. Um, the angel has, has given them the task of going and telling the other disciples and Peter what has happened. And yet we are left hanging with their silence in fear. And we aren't filled in in Mark with what happens. Do they, do they ever go to Galilee? Do they meet the risen Savior? How does this story end? Of course, we know from the other gospel accounts and the, the early church that ends up being added to Mark as an appendix um, that the women don't remain silent, that they do go and tell the disciples what has happened. But at the end of Mark, we are left to wonder, how do the women respond? Do they engage in their mission? Did the disciples and Peter hear about the resurrection? And do they believe? And do they meet the resurrected Jesus in Galilee? And these questions then invite our own to consider, what is our response to the resurrection? Will we engage in resurrection ministry or will we keep silent out of fear? Or will we participate with Jesus 
in reverent awe. Our story this morning, our our scripture, uh, comes a little bit out of chronological order. And what we have here in Acts chapter 4 is in the wake of the resurrection, is in the wake uh, of the disciples starting to respond. They spend 40 days with Jesus, experiencing his, His resurrected body, His resurrected presence in their midst. This story in Acts chapter 4 comes after uh, Pentecost, comes after the Holy Spirit coming in uh, indwelling the church and, and further um, amplifying God's power in the life of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to take a look at this uh, brief passage in Acts chapter 4 this morning. As we look at this story together, would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for what we experience in the aftermath of the resurrection. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. And would you be speaking to each of our hearts? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is pretty early on in the book of Acts, and already in the story, there are lots of displays of resurrection power that are happening early on in the book of Acts. Some pretty amazing things are happening. As the Holy Spirit comes and and, and fills the disciples, they go out and they are proclaiming the, the story of Jesus in lots of different languages. Peter gets up and and gives this Pentecost sermon, and 3,000 people are are asking, what do we do? And and they're being baptized, and it's amazing. We see the disciples engaging in healing ministry. Uh, There's this story where Peter is outside of the temple, and he meets this, this beggar, uh, who's asking Peter for, for money, and Peter says, I don't really have much, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And so there's this miraculous healing that's taking place. We see other instances of awesome resurrection power of Jesus as the ground is shaking when, when the disciples are together and praying in the Spirit. The very creation is, is moving with the power of God. We will see prison doors miraculously open after disciples are engaging in some holy mischief. Uh, not exactly following all of the directions that uh, the Jewish have, have given them. Um, and yet God's power is on display. We are seeing the miraculous resurrection power at work in the world and in the lives of those committed to Jesus from the very beginning in Acts. And so we get to this passage in Acts chapter 4 get another little glimpse into the life, into the daily life of the early church. It was read for us. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. Someone say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a miracle because followers of Jesus were of one heart and soul. 
men and women, doubters, deniers, educated, uneducated, rich and poor, lots of people that really don't have a lot in common in their everyday life, are coming together and finding they have Jesus in common. We read through Acts and we highlight some of the awesome miracles. And sometimes we read over these descriptions of the life of the early church and we think, oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that great that they were together? And we don't take into consideration the miracle that is at work as people are coming together focused on Jesus and experiencing the resurrection power of God. This is a, a fulfillment of the psalmist longing that was read out of Psalm 133, how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, the beard of Aaron. Aaron, you know, the first uh, priest in the temple, in, in, in the, the, the tabernacle running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon. It is, it is something that is refreshing to see, refreshing to experience. Jesus, in, in, uh, when John is writing his version of the story in something we call John's Discourse, Jesus tells his disciples that they have a new commandment to love one another. And Jesus actually prays for those that will follow him in John chapter 17. He prays that they would be one, that they would be together. And here in Acts chapter 4, we start to see that happen. It's coming true. What the psalmist has prayed for and longed for, what Jesus has prayed for and looked forward to is starting to come to fruition People are gathering in the name of Jesus and they are of one heart and soul. It's happening in Acts. Friendship was something that was important in the ancient world and, and different Greek uh, philosophers wrote different things about what friendship was. Friendship was considered a virtue. But friendship was also often based on some kind of business arrangement. What do I get out of this friendship? Matt Skinner writes this about uh, Plato's Republic. Plato, one of the, the great philosophical thinkers of the West. And he writes, uh, Plato's Republic envisions a thriving society in which people reject the misuse of words like mine and not mine and alien. Therefore, the kind of cooperation and interdependent identity that other ancient people hoped to accomplish through a just and ideal political system, Acts sees coming into being through a community enlivened by the Spirit to embody the power of Jesus' resurrection. It's hope not for a golden age created by mighty emperors or wise philosopher kings. Look instead, Acts urges, to the spirit poured out by the resurrected and glorified Jesus Christ. 
Other thinkers were hoping that if we just get our politics and our structure right, we'll start to see people come together and it'll be great. And Acts is saying, in the wake of resurrection power, because these people are committed to Jesus and are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are actually seeing it happen. It makes me think back to, to some times over the, the last year, you know, when the, when the pandemic started and, you know, there are all these commercials, we're all in this together. And very shortly we saw that that was not the case. All of the public ads, all of the, you know, public, um, what are those things called, um, commercials or whatever, you know, that we're talking about, we're all in this together. And very shortly we saw that our society was not all together on this. That, that all kinds of social issues and political issues actually divided us very much so. Getting our politics in order was not suddenly, miraculously making us all of one heart and soul. And yet what we see here is mass people coming together in Jesus. And so early on, in the book of Acts, are masses of people coming to a restored relationship with God and Jesus. 3,000 people in one day. Hallelujah! That is an amazing miracle. Peter, other disciples, are reaching out, touching people, and are seeing people miraculously healed. Amen! That is a wonderful miracle, a wonderful display of God's power. The ground shaking with the, the Holy Spirit power, it's It's awesome. Disciples and their, their holy mischief following in the pattern of the, the holy troublemaker himself, Jesus. It's great. It's inspiring for us. But let's just take in the miracle of a group of people believing together and being of the same heart and soul. Now take a deep breath. I'm going to say this next part as gently as I can. I've said that a lot has changed in the last year. Things that may have taken another five to ten years in our society have been accelerated. The post-Christendom movement in the United States has accelerated. That means uh, the group of people that are more and more completely unaware of the Christian story. They've heard of the church, they've heard of Christians, um, they have differing views on what that means, but even a basic understanding of the Bible is just completely unaware for a lot of folks in our society. Some are against Christians, and some are just completely, you know, like, we don't really know what they stand for. We, we see some glimpses on the news. That's not really inspiring a lot of them. So it's accelerated a lot of that. American Christianity has been taken to task for its failures to address systemic racism and hear the voices of the marginalized. The church in America has also had to deal in the last several years with more scandals of popular Christian leaders abusing women and then silencing the victims. 
Christians have been called out on both sides of the aisles for their political entanglement. COVID, this, this last year, has revealed much in our broken systems. And just, just one example. One of the primary ways from the very beginning of how to, that we can all participate in combating this, this sickness is to wash our hands for 20 seconds. Something very simple. Washing our hands for 20 seconds. Everyone around the world from the very beginning, we need to wash our hands for 20 seconds. And yet 11% of the world does not have access to clean water. And 25% of the world's population does not have access to adequate sanitation. And so one of the very basic things to combat coronavirus, a quarter of our planet does not have access to. And so we see how this has uh, divided. We see the brokenness in our world systems. Another example, many of us have had to adjust the way we buy groceries. Maybe we had to go at, at certain times uh, of the day that uh, accommodated us or, or that the, the grocery stores were open to us. Um, maybe some of you have gone to ordering your groceries online and either picking them up at the store or, or you can have your groceries delivered to your front door. And yet we have communities in the United States that live in what we call food deserts that don't have access to any groceries within a walking distance. And they don't have the transportation to get to groceries, to get good, wholesome nutrition, and they're stuck with junk at a convenience store. We see, we have experienced how these systems are broken. The pandemic exacerbated a growing mental health crisis that was already underway and has been made worse by a year of isolation, by a year of being separated from one another, Church, Spring Creek Church Board participated in, in a virtual um, sessions a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and one of those speakers was a, a man, a theologian named Leonard Sweet, who was talking about treating people for PTSD and the need for churches to be involved in the process of healing. That as we come back, there are people that are uh, now beginning to interact with with groups of people, with crowds of people, and we don't know how to react. And I got to be honest, that, that's impacted me too. Um, just being around groups of people at, at our kids' baseball games and soccer games, it's just an interesting feeling. And yet, the church, and I'm talking about the broad American church, but maybe if the shoe fits closer to home, we need to consider it. The church has been arguing over masks and no masks. Rather than talking about how to be involved in healing, we're having these dumb arguments. I was talking to a friend in another congregation this past week. And he said, I wish we were talking about Jesus as much as we were talking about masks or not masks. 
I want to know how you're growing in your relationship with Christ. I want to know how you're, how you're involved in the healing in our society. Church, we live in a broken world. And we have a lot of work to do. And honestly, we don't have time to be arguing about inconsequential things. And we tend to major on the minors in the church. We long for the the big miracles of the crowds committing to follow Jesus. We would love to experience the miraculous healings again. We want the strength to lay down our goods and services for the caring of others. But what about the miracle of a people committed in heart and soul to Jesus? And look, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we have to see eye to eye on all the details. I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying that we don't need to work through some of the logistics and, and, and structure and ways that we uh, work together as a congregation. But the world has enough brokenness of its own. The church doesn't need to be adding to the brokenness. Instead, the church is called to partner in the process of healing. The church is called to bear witness to a God who is making all things new. Such that people's spirits are being healed by finding wholeness in Jesus the Christ. People are being physically healed through the miraculous and and through the miracle of people taking time to serve those in crisis. Folks experiencing the miracle of people willingly giving up of their time and their resources for the good of others. The question is, what is possible with resurrection power? What is possible? We have to believe that it's possible for the people of God to say, you know, we have a lot of different backgrounds. We have a lot of different views and opinions on a lot of different things. But we have this in common. We have a love for Jesus. And the rest is, is infinitely secondary to Christ and his kingdom. And look, I don't, I don't believe, I don't expect that this kind of unity is about standing around the campfire, holding hands and singing kumbaya. I'm not against the campfire, not against, well, holding hands we'll get to at some point. Um, And kumbaya, you know, take it or leave it. This kind of unity that we read about in Acts came through a group of people who loved Jesus passionately. They, had, they were meeting together to read scripture. They were sharing meals. They were sharing life. They were sharing resources. And they were seeking Christ together. It's about resurrection power. 
the shared experience of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the shared experience of the highs of Pentecost and seeing the healing and seeing the prison doors open, of experiencing the lows of the imprisonment, the lows of persecution, these shared experiences in the nitty-gritty of everyday life. This is how resurrection power made it possible for a group of people to be of one heart and soul. They had experienced and lived life together. Maybe before we can go looking for the repentant crowds or the ground-shaking miracles or the miracles of healing, or maybe alongside of those things, let us also long for the miracle and work for the healing in the body of Christ. For the healing of Christ's church. Would you receive the sending? May we open our eyes to see resurrection power around us. May we see it in lives changed by Christ May we see it in the healing of hearts, minds, and bodies. And may we see the resurrection power at work as God's people move closer to one heart and one soul. May it be so. Go in peace.